So Elul is a time to be frank and honest um, with ourselves and with each other. And just to put it out for myself, one of my own personal struggles is has always been with uh, with davening, davening with proper kavana, proper concentration, um, davening slower. It's I guess that's why they call it avoda. It's you know it's true work. You have to work on it every single day, and we try to get better and better. And sometimes it's good. Sometimes we feel we didn't do as well, but it is something which is considered work. So, relating it to this week's parsha and parsha Shoftim, there is a pasuk that says "Mio ish hayore levov leveso." It says, "Who is the man who's fearful and faint-hearted? Let him go and return home." So Rashi brings a gemara in Sota that tells us that people that are afraid should just go home from battle. And it's based on this week's pas- the Pasuk that I just mentioned, of And Rashi brings down a, an opinion of Rabbi Yosef Aglili, that Rabbi Yosef Aglili says that this Pasuk is really referring to a person who's afraid of his own Averos. So the Orachayim HaKodesh asks the, uh, the following question. That if you look at the Pusik, it doesn't really mention anything about being afraid of doing a virus. If you think about what we're dealing with in the context of the Parsha, we're talking about people that are going out to war. And it's natural for a person to be scared when they're going out to war. If a person wasn't scared, I'd be concerned about that person because going out to war is a scary thing. So where in the Pusik does it say that this was referring to a virus? How's Rabiosi Aglili taking that leap? So the Archaim says an amazing psychological shot. And he uh, basically says that <clears throat> the person in question isn't consciously aware that he's done any of theirs going into battle. But going into battle, the actual going into battle, it automatically brings up something on from his uh, subconscious that he might have been fearful about his sins from the past that are not going to protect him when he goes out to battle. So the Archaim then asks the question, and what about the Gemara that says that if a person speaks um, between Yishtabach and Yotzar, that if he does this sin of speaking, talking during davening, specifically between Yishtabach and Yotzar, he should go back home for more. So this would seem kind of strange on a couple of levels because you think that, you know, there's far greater sins that a person does during his lifetime than uh, talking during davening. And also, what is it that, it, that um, about this, this person, if he recognizes that he sins by talking during davening, that means there is a conscious level of awareness so how does that go with what we just said that Archaim is talking that this is referring to an unconscious type of or a subconscious type of battle that a person is having um, about the fact that he might have committed sins that it's not going to protect him from battle. So the answer given is that when anyone goes to war, there is really a malach that accompanies him and intercedes on that person's behalf so that he'd be saved during battle. And if that person is reflecting on even something which we would consider a minor avera by talking during Yishtavach, um, between Yishtavach and Yezor, he'll need that malach to intercede in order to save him during battle. So if a person experiences guilt 
for minor sins or other sins that are mostly unconscious, then we become what we call morally injured. And it's interesting to note that there's been a recent resurgence in the uh, psychological literature of this idea called moral injury that is frequent amongst people that, uh, that go out to war. A lot of people who go out to war, unfortunately, they experience what we call survivor guilt or shame for not being more active in combat-related operations. And those people tend to fare far worse than people who actually saw combat and were injured physically. And this might not come to some, uh, you know, as a big surprise or a big shocker because we know that sticks and stones break your bones. Um, but to others, the long, it's the long-standing effects of moral injury that usually go unrecognized and untreated. So I wanted to add to this by uh, talking about what we just mentioned in the beginning of this podcast, that davening is, in fact, a very hard thing to do. To be able to concentrate, it's sometimes during an entire tefillah seems impossible. And now I try, and I'm sure this is something that a lot of other people struggle with, as I've spoken with other people. Our thoughts just wander, and sometimes we try to shake away those thoughts, and sometimes the shaking is like a, is actually shaking. We're shuckling back and forth. You know, to a person who's unfamiliar with Orthodox Judaism, they go to a yeshiva and they see people shaking and shuckling, they would think something's really wrong here. But we understand that we're trying to shake away those bad thoughts or the thoughts that are unwanted that come into our minds during a time that's supposed to be filled with Kedusha, such as during tefillah. So the Yetzirah really understands the power of tefillah, so he really strengthens himself specifically during tefillah in order to try to distract us. But invariably we usually fall into the guilt trap and we say to ourselves, I'm such a bad person, I don't know how to daven right, I don't know how to concentrate, I just can't seem to do it, and the sense of guilt can become a toxic guilt. And back to our Parsha and the Pasuk that we began with, I'm, I want to postulate the following idea, that I think this Pasuk, when we talk about it's not just the physical enemies that we battle, it's the enemies that are raging in our brains, in our minds, in our thoughts. And that can be referring to a different type of battle, and that is the battle that we have um, during davening, during times that we want to have proper concentration and we just can't get those unwanted thoughts out of our head. So the idea of speaking and proclaiming, which is something which uh, Rashi tells us about, that uh, this Pasuk of Mio'ish is referring to, is proclaiming, which is done both by the Kohen. In this case, we're proclaiming that Hashem is the king. If we could just concentrate on one thought during davening, that Hashem is our king, then I believe that our davening will take on a new meaning, and we wouldn't have to feel guilty. You know, I'm also oftentimes reminded of the video of um, an army soldier who always said that the best thing that you could do every single day is just make your bed. Now, that sounds like a very menial task, but at least you can go through the day saying that I accomplished something. So I think the best way to accomplish something during davening is just to concentrate on the idea that Hashem is our king. And by being mamlech HaKadosh Baruch Hu, by being, uh, you know, attesting that Hashem is our king, our davening will take on new meaning. So as we enter El with the Yom Naroyim in our sights, we should work on strengthening our tefillahs by dedicating even small little portions and concentrate on the words 
a little bit more of small portions of davening and try not to take on the whole davening as as that um, as a sense or a source or a litmus test to determine whether or not our davening was good or, or it failed. Um, just proclaiming that Hashem is our king, that will help us achieve some of the elusive powers of tefillah. So with that, I wish everybody a good week, good Shabbos, and a good Nechodesh as we enter into the uh, the days of Yom Narayim. Have a good Shabbos.